Hey mom friends, welcome to the Learning to Mom podcast. My name is Layla and I inform first-time moms on pregnancy and birth so that they can be empowered and educated without feeling overwhelmed. On today's episode, I sit down with Lindsay, a certified birth doula out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Lindsay works to educate and prepare women for birth, whether that be in a hospital, birthing center, or at home. She equips women with the tools they need to feel empowered in their birth. Today's episode will cover questions like, what's the difference between a birth doula and a midwife? How should you write your birth plan? What is something people often forget to add to their birth plans? And more. This episode will be really beneficial for you, my friends. Let's get into it. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here. I am so excited to get to chat with you today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. I feel like we became fast friends, so I'm really excited to chat with you and ask my gazillion questions. I can't wait. Talking about doula (laughs) stuff is my favorite. Well, before we do just that, do you mind just sharing kind of a brief introduction to those who may be listening who don't know who you are? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm Lindsay. I'm a certified birth doula and I live in the Raleigh area. So I serve all the surrounding areas of Raleigh. Yeah, I am just super passionate about women's health and about women's bodies and about educating women on their bodies because there's so much that we are just not taught and it's really a disservice to women, especially when they're entering into motherhood. So my favorite thing is just helping women feel empowered, prepared, and excited for labor, which nobody ever feels like you can be excited for labor, but you can be. And it's my favorite when people are. Oh, that's so great. I know today we're going to focus the majority of our conversation on birth planning, Mm -hmm. but before we do just that, I do want to ask you, since you're a doula, (laughs) for women who are wanting to work with a doula, what kind of questions should they ask them when they're considering hiring them? Like, you know, when you have an intro call and you're like, do I jive with this person? Is that really what I want? What are some good questions that we should ask people? Doulas yeah, specifically. Definitely. Well, first, um, I wanted to talk about when you're even deciding that you want a doula. Some people have a misconception mm. that doulas are just for people who want a natural birth. And that is so far from the truth. You can have a doula if you are like, I'm getting that epidural the second I walk in the hospital, or you can have a doula if you have a planned C-section. So a doula is really for all types of births. And it's so much more than just attending your birth. So you need to keep in mind, this doula is going to be with me throughout my entire pregnancy and beyond. And so my main thing is, do you like being around them? Is this somebody who you want to see you naked and see you crying and see you in the most vulnerable position you've probably ever been Mm -hmm. in in your life up to this point. And so I have a list of questions and we'll go through those, but that is my main thing. When you're deciding a doula, it's not which doula has done over a hundred births or which doula is certified by this specific organization. Cause those things are great and they're important experience and certification are important, but what's more important is Do you love being in their presence and do you feel comfortable around them? Because in birth, if you are scared or if you enter into a state of fear or just generally being uncomfortable, your hormones will literally slow down your labor. So Mm -hmm. having a person who is steady and you feel a thousand percent confident with is going to physiologically help your labor move forward the way that it's supposed to. But some questions, you know, for that initial phone call, um, you could ask about, um, you know, when do you, once we sign the contract, when are you on call for me? Um, my contract specifically, I'm on call for you from the moment you sign the contract. So if you sign the contract at 10 weeks pregnant and you have some insanely early, unfortunate, you know, labor and you have a premature baby, I'm on call for you. Other doulas, um, you know, they might not be on call until you're 36 weeks. And so those things are important to know, um, especially if you have a family history of going into preterm labor. Another thing to ask is, do you have a backup? So if something were to happen, if you were attending another birth or you were at mm. you know, a planned family event, do you have a backup doula? Is that included in your package? So those are important to know. 
um, going through what's included in your price. So doulas can have a sticker shock. You know, some people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea a doula was that expensive. But then when they find out all that's included in your doula package, it's not just attending your birth. It's for mine, it's multiple prenatal sessions, birth education included. Um, I do a custom birth plan or birth map for you um, with multiple edits. I give you um, tons of resources, articles, podcasts to listen to, um, 24-7 texting, calling. I can help you prepare for your um, prenatal appointments. So you can ask your doula, do you do things like that? You know, will you help me prepare for my doctor's appointments? Help me decide what questions to ask, you know, what's included beyond just attending my birth. Um, and then I would ask your doula, just what are some things that you do for a person who wants to have a birth the way that I do, you know? So if you're planning an epidural birth, um, you know, okay, I'm planning to have an epidural. What are some things that you would do um, to help me reach my goal of having a vaginal delivery. And then, you know, the doula can go through those things, or I'm planning to have a natural birth. What are some things that you could do to help me reach those goals? So, um, or you could be like, Hey, this is my first time. And I have literally no idea what I'm doing. What do you do for a mom like me? (laughs) You know, how do you help me feel prepared? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so just going through situational questions, um, is the best. And if you want to ask about experience or ask for references, those are always good things to add. Um, I had a person recently ask me um, if I had a criminal history and it made me laugh. I was like, no, I don't, but I've never gotten that question. That's probably, <laughs> it's probably a good thing to ask your doula. <laughs> it's like always on the normal, like job applications. That person yeah. probably works in HR. Probably. <laughs> it was, it made me laugh. I was like, no, I don't. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, those are the main things I would go over, but again, the biggest thing is just, do you want this person with you in a super vulnerable time? Hmm. So it kind of sounds like you would recommend everyone to work with a doula. Yes. I wish that doulas were just something you did, you know, right after you get your positive pregnancy test, before you even found your provider, you looked for a doula. I wish that's how the world Hmm. worked and everybody could just find one like that. Um, Cause they can really help you decide what type of provider you even want, you know, and some mm-hmm. people don't even realize, oh, there's different options for me or, yeah. oh, in some areas like, you know, there's birth centers or there's hospital or there's home birth. And in other areas, there's less choices, but, um, your doula can help guide you and they usually know the providers in the area and they can give you some suggestions for the type of birth that you're wanting or the type of pregnancy that you have and lead you to choosing providers. So yes, I wish every woman would have a, or would have a doula. (laughs) Mm, I never thought about like reaching out to them, I guess that early to help you find your provider. I think so often we think the two are kind of disconnected and then they're just supposed Mm -hmm. to verge like on the day of the birth. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, now doctor meet Lindsay, Lindsay, meet doctor. Here we are. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that's how it usually is, but i love it when people reach out super early in their pregnancy and you get more bang for your buck the earlier you get a doula because now you have them for the rest of your pregnancy to text all of your TMI questions to like hey this weird stuff showed up (laughs) like is this normal now wouldn't that kind of depend on which doula you get though because some correct me if I'm wrong right Mm -hmm. some doulas it's very like birth doula and then some it's prenatal and birth Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's postpartum doulas. So doesn't it kind of just depend on what you sign up for? Yeah, I will say most, most birth doulas are connecting with you throughout your pregnancy. Now, to okay. the extent that they are, it might be different. But most doulas that at least I know most birth doulas are wanting to get to know you super well throughout your pregnancy. So yes, you can get a doula at 39 weeks and she's going to be there for you. But if you signed up for her, um, you know, at 20 weeks pregnant, now you have that much more knowledge to, to go off of for the rest of your pregnancy and so much more to learn from her and help you reach your goals. And you're just so much more comfortable in your Mm -hmm. most vulnerable state. Yeah. Getting to know them. I mean, I just can't imagine meeting a doula two weeks before. And again, people do it all the time, but 
meeting a doula two weeks before and being like, yeah, come on in to when I'm giving birth, you know, <laughs> I would want, I would want to meet them way before and know exactly who yeah. I'm getting at my birth, you know? Yeah. And to those listening who have never experienced birth, I it's doula work is so much different than like your provider because the doula is yes. really in there with you, like massaging you and being your mm-hmm. emotional support person. And like helping you so much more than just the provider coming in, like catching the baby. Yes. And it allows your provider to do their job. Having Mm -hmm. a doula means that your provider can focus on what they're there for. They're there to make sure that everything's going okay. Medically, your doula is not a medical professional. And so your doula is there just for you, which Mm -hmm. nobody else besides your husband, nobody else is there just for you because everybody else is there for you and your baby. Now your doula is there for you and your baby, of course, but for you to have your baby, you know, the nurses can worry about the monitors and your doctor can worry about what your cervix is doing. And, you know, your doctor can worry about your blood pressure, but your doula is there to make you feel comfortable and help you progress. And again, give you that emotional and physical support that you need during labor but it really having that extra support there allows your doctor to do their job because when, you know, if your doctor is having to then educate you in the moment while doing their job, it's more work for them. But -hmm. if you have your doula there who can explain things, tell you pros and cons, you know, talk you through decisions that you're having to make, then your doctor has one less thing that they have to do. Yeah. I like that perspective. Okay. So that was great and that I didn't even plan on talking about all of that, but that was amazing. <laughs> hey, boy moms. Are you tired of the same old baby clothes with trucks and dinosaurs? I understand. That is so annoying. That's why I am thrilled to tell you about Bow and Arrows, your new favorite online haven for boys fashion. Have you been sitting there just wondering where like all these moms are finding cute boy clothes? Because those adorable boy clothes that you see on your Pinterest board do not match up to the sharks and video game console shirts that you see when you're shopping. Well, Bow and Arrows is your answer. That's bow, like the boy name, not the hair accessory. Say goodbye to the typical options. Bow and Arrows is all about affordable, trendy clothes for your little guys. No more compromising style for comfort. From newborns to 5T sizes that you and your little men will love. And here's the best part. As a special treat for our listeners, use code LTM10 for an exclusive 10% off your first order. That's LTM10 at checkout. Head to bowandarrows.com to dress your boys in a way that matches their personality and yours. Check out the episode show notes for the link, Bow and Arrows, where fashion meets adventure. Let's navigate or I guess transition right into birth plans. I know that's a huge thing that you offer. So I would love to hear kind of first and foremost, why do you like to think of your birth plans as more of birth maps rather than birth plans? I like to think of birth plans as more of a map, a roadmap, if you will. So think of it as more of a map where there's different ways to get to the same place rather than a plan that I need to stick with. When you say plan, it makes it sound, at least to me, like this is the way that it has to go. But when you have a plan for something and it doesn't go the way that you had planned, doesn't go the way that you listed or the way that you intended, it can feel really disappointing. And it can feel like I failed. I didn't meet my goals. Um, you know, some, some people say birth goals, some say birth preferences, some say birth plans. Um, but all of those to me, if you don't reach whatever it is, feels very disappointing and feels like that Mm. was, that was my fault. Or I, you know, I really intended to go, unmedicated. And then now I chose to get an epidural. And so I didn't, I failed, you know, because I didn't meet my plan or I didn't meet my goal. So a map is for me, when you, you know, thinking about a regular map, it can take you wherever, you know, I am here and I need to get to work. Um, Now you can take this road or you can take this road or you can take this road. You know, there's all different ways to get to the same place. Um, And that's how birth is. Ultimately your goal 
is to have a wonderful experience and to have a beautiful birth and whatever that means. Obviously it means healthy baby at the end, but it also means healthy mom and a mom who felt empowered the whole time. So that's why I call it a birth map. And also because a lot of times when people say birth plan, they're like, okay, you know, I want to go unmedicated and that's my goal. And that's my only goal, but they don't think of all the what ifs along the way and all the speed bumps and all of the things, you know, okay, well, if you come across this, what are you going to do? Okay. If this happens, you know, if this unexpected thing happens in your birth, what's your plan? Okay. You weren't planning that, you know, detour and the road. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't planning that these things were going to happen. So what are you going to do now? You know, so your map can help you think about every single scenario. And that's what I do when I'm working with a client is we're going to think about every single scenario that could happen. And that way it's already chosen for you. You know, you didn't want to have a cesarean, but that's what's happening. You know, things happen in your birth, but you feel empowered because we already have a plan for that. We already have a plan that, you know, worst case scenario, something happens you have to go back for a cesarean for whatever reason. If that was not part of your plan, you know, it feels really disappointing, but you know, okay, but I have on my birth plan already or on my birth map already that I want to do a gentle cesarean. I want to ask if they can lower the curtain. I want to ask if we can still do immediate skin to skin. And if we can't, if my husband can do it. And I already know that, you know, I'm going to request that there's music playing in the OR. And so we already have all these things in place so that even though that this is not what you wanted, you're still getting your choices heard. So question, is your birth map like 20 pages? No. And it's like, this is plan A and this is plan B. Okay. For those listening, it's two pages. (laughs) Yes. Um, Birth plans or maps or birth goals or birth preferences will never be read if you have paragraphs typed out for your doctor. They just won't. And so I have a super simple template and then I change it, you know, depending on people's preferences, but this is what I start with. And it is literally two pages. Now, if your hospital already has something in place as standard care, don't put it on your birth plan. Don't put it on your birth map. Don't put it on your birth preferences sheet because it's unnecessary information. And Mm -hmm. when your doctor or your nurse looks at your birth map, you want them to be able to skim and quickly see what you want. Yeah. They do not have time to read an essay (laughs) during your birth. They don't have time. But, you know, if you go back for cesarean and they can just turn here and like, oh, these were her cesarean preferences right here in this tiny little section. Ah, You know, oh, it's time for the third stage of labor where the placenta comes out. What did she want? Oh, right here. Tiny little section. They can read what you wanted. It's quick and to the point because it is the worst when people walk in and they're like, oh, but they didn't even read my birth plan. Well, it was seven pages, single spaced, you know. <laughs> okay. So could you walk the listeners who aren't like watching mm-hmm. this, um, those different categories that you yeah, have there? Definitely. So I guess give us the setup. Yeah. Here. So, cause I've never seen one look like that. I'm used to seeing just like bullet points of long sentences, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So I organize it by stage of labor. So they should be able to read it in order. If that makes That's sense. That's amazing. So if they walk in and you're already pushing, well, we're going to skip right to that section, you know? <laughs> um, So I start with medical pain management. And so that's the top one because usually that's where people have strong preferences. So I have on this one, you know, this is the one that I start with with everybody, but I can delete stuff or whatever. But I have nitrous oxide. Yes. No. By request only. IV pain meds. Yes. No. By request only. And then epidural. Yes. No. By request only. So if you are somebody who's like, I don't even want them to say the word epidural. Like I will ask when I'm ready, then you say by request only. So then you're, you know, your doula can gently remind like, Hey, she doesn't want to be asked. She'd prefer, you know, to bring that up herself if it comes to that point, you know, or they can look and be like, Ooh, she, she circled. Yes. For IV pain meds. Let's offer them to her. She seems like she's in a lot of pain or, Oh, she circled. Yes. To nitrous oxide. Let's offer that to her, you know, or okay. like, then they just know where you're at. Um, 
And then other preferences, I go through um, cervical checks, monitoring, and IV preferences. So do you want an IV? Do you want a HEPLOC, which is basically you get an IV, but you're not hooked up to anything. So it's there just in case. Or do you want no IV? Um, and that would be right on there. And then cervical checks, um, frequent, limit, or none, um, which you you have these options. You um, A lot of people think that they have to get cervical checks every hour. You are more than welcome to deny them um, if that's up to you. Um, and then monitoring. Do you want intermittent monitoring or do you want continuous monitoring? And then I go through natural methods. So usually I just have people circle what they like and it goes through a bunch of different things. So do you want to try the tub? Do you want to try counter pressure, hip squeezes, birth balls, walking the halls, you know, um, visualization, prayer, um, massage. These are things that usually would be just for your doula. So I kind of have it off to the side of the document. Um, Nurses will occasionally help with some of those things, especially like frequent position changes or the warm washcloths or cool washcloths. Um, but, you know, normally your nurse is not going to incorporate prayer or do hip mm-hmm. squeezes or, um, you know, do aromatherapy, but they could suggest, oh, it says here you wanted to try this shower. Like, why don't we try that? You know, yeah, and they can see what you were interested in. Um, I also go through um, a whole section on pushing preferences. So things that are listed on there, um, you know, I'd like to push in a preferred position or, you know, I'd like to not push on my back or I'd like to labor down before pushing, which, um, we could go into what that is, but I won't go on tangents. Um, or I'd like to delay pushing until I feel the urge. So some providers will tell you, you have to push when you're 10 centimeters, or you could wait until your body tells you that you're ready to push. Um, you could circle that you want coached pushing. Some people, especially if you have an epidural, need to kind of be taught how to push to feel those muscles. Or some people prefer the opposite. I do not want coached pushing. I want to do, you know, only the pushing that my body is telling me to do. So it just depends on your preferences. Also, you know, do you want a warm compress on your perineum during that time? Do you want immediate skin to skin right after? Or do you want your partner to assist in the delivery if possible? Another section is ambiance. So what do you want your space mm. to look like? Do you want to bring little tea candles? You know, the fake ones, obviously. Do you want music? Do you want the clock in your room covered? Do you want the sound of the monitors turned off? Sometimes that's a, or sometimes that's um, an option. Do you want to wear your own clothes? Do you want a sound machine? Um do you want the lights off? You know, all these different things that you could do. So that's all on one page. All of that is on one small page. And it's very extremely organized. Like to those who are listening, it's very, very organized. And it's in like two columns. Yes. Um, So it's not just like, yeah, it looks great in these different kind, almost like little boxes on the page. And then on the second page, um, I have epidural preferences. So if you were to choose to get an epidural, um, you can go through these different preferences. So there's some things on there like, you know, I'd like you to help me change my position every 30 minutes. I'd like a thorough explanation of the procedure because some people are really scared about an epidural and, you know, they might want to be talked through the entire thing um, and made sure that they're told risks and benefits, you know, things like that. Um, some people might choose that they want their epidural medication to wear off before pushing. That's an option that some people aren't aware of. Um, or, you know, I want the ability to push in sideline position or an assisted squat. I want to use a peanut ball, you know, different things on there for, if I choose an epidural, these are the things I want. And then intervention preferences. So nobody plans to have a high intervention birth, but in the case that these things happen, these are my wishes. Um, you know, if it came down to it, would I prefer forceps or vacuum delivery? If it, you know, if it came down to it, um, would I prefer to tear or would I prefer to have an episiotomy? You know, usually episiotomies aren't really performed nowadays, but, um, you know, a lot of people circle last resort only on that one. Um, Pitocin, do I, am I open to it or do I want it only if medically necessary? And we would go through, you know, how you would know if it was medically necessary or not. Um, artificial rupture of membranes, which is the provider breaking your waters. Are you open to that? Are you not open to that? You know, we go through all different sorts of things, induction methods. What, Mm. how, what are you open to? What are you not open to? Um, 
And then third stage of labor with the placenta, we kind of talked about that already. Do you want to bring it home? Do you want your, do you want delayed cord clamping? Do you want your partner to cut the cord? So just going through what happens, do you want a physiological third stage, meaning um, to let it happen naturally? Uh, A lot of hospitals will give you Pitocin to help you um, with the placenta, whether that be through a shot intramuscularly, or whether that be through your IV, um, that happens a lot. So if you are not interested in that, you need to have that on your birth plan. And then also immediate postpartum baby care. So you have options right away after, do you want immediate skin to skin? Do you want an uninterrupted golden hour? Do you want your baby rooming in with you? Some hospitals, that's not a given. Do you want circumcision? Um, do you want the hep B vaccine? the eye ointment, vitamin K. So the hep B and the eye ointment and the vitamin K are your main three choices right away after birth. And a lot of women are like, uh, sure. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's good to think of it ahead of time because, you know, maybe you wanted to delay the vaccine until the first, um, until your first pediatrician appointment, or maybe, you know, you have other opinions on that. And then same with the eye ointment. You can learn more about that Weigh your pros and cons ahead of time. Why is it there? What does it do? What happens if I don't choose to do that? Um, and then vitamin K, same thing. So just knowing your options right away. So you're not left like, uh, I guess, sure. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Um, and then the last little section is the cesarean preferences, which I went through a little bit, you know, I want my partner in the OR. I want my doula in the OR if possible. Um, I want skin to skin if possible in the OR. I want music playing, or I want to have my earbuds in, or I want an explanation of what's happening at all times. Um, I want peppermint essential oil to help with the nausea. I, you know, different things that you can have right there in the OR with you that you might not know about. I want a clear drape or I want you to drop the drape. And that's just when the baby's coming out. It's not when they're <laughs> cutting you open. So no worries about that. But there's all these things that you have choices about. Um, and some people aren't even aware of them. And it's sad. And they're like, oh, I would have loved to have calm music playing or oh, I would have loved mm-hmm. to have to be able to see my baby coming into the world um, you know other people might be like nope I don't want to see that but it's important that you have choices and it's important that you know all these different yeah. things and then I have a little section that's a little thank you to the doctors and nurses just to make them feel good and thank them for reading your birth map and then I have <laughs> a little section for other notes um, but all of that is on a super small two pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that's like, that's not double-sided that's singular. And so I'm imagining, you know, you like tape them up side, just side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were explaining that, I was like, holy crap, it's so much, <laughs> but really, if you're listening to this, it looks so clear and organized. It is mm-hmm. not overwhelming on the piece of paper. I think that's probably yes. the most, yes. um, I don't know, mind boggling thought or whatever. Most shocking, yes. surprising thing when you were talking about that is like how much information you can fit on there yes. that makes it still look clean and clear and concise. Mm-hmm. So, and just the process of going through this forces you to learn so much. Yeah. Just going through making, even if you just find a template online somewhere, going through a template is going to force you to be like, oh, I didn't even know I had that option. Let me right. look into that. Right. Dang. Okay. That was so incredibly helpful. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so I know we just kind of went through like, you know, what the ideal birth plan looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, but to someone who, you know, doesn't work with you, so doesn't have that template, what are some things that people should consider when birth mapping slash planning? Yeah. So I would walk through the stages of labor. So I would walk through. So technically the first stage. So if you're unaware of the stages of labor, the first stage is everything up to pushing. And the second stage is pushing. And then the third stage is the placenta. So the first stage is the big one. So it's, it's all of labor until you're finally pushing. So I would break that down into categories. What do I want when I'm at home? When do I want to leave for the hospital? So those are not things you need to put on there, but it's things to go through when you're planning and when you're mapping out um, your birth. You know, how do I want this to look in the early, early, early stages? Okay, now once I get to the hospital, what are my preferences? So that's when you would go through medical pain management. Mm. 
natural pain management at the hospital. Um, what are my, what do I want the room to look like? That's something that a lot of people forget about. Yeah. What do I want? What do I want to be wearing? You know, that's something people aren't aware of either. I don't have to wear the hospital gown. What, (laughs) you know? Um, so going through like immediately when you get there, what do you want the room to look like? Um, do you want to get your IV? How about cervical checks? How do you feel about all of those things? How do you feel about epidurals? You know, all of those things. And then you want to think about that pushing phase. What do you imagine that looking like for you? What position are you in? Um, you know, who's in the room? Is there a thousand people or is it just you and your doula and your husband and your doctor? Um, and your nurse. <laughs> and then the third stage. So go through, you know, your placenta preferences and then immediate baby care after. So those are the main things. That's really it. Um, and then just listing your main um, wishes and your main goals clearly, but also realizing that it's a map and it can go in other ways. So including those cesarean yeah. preferences, including those intervention preferences, just so you don't have to in the moment make scary decisions. Yeah. Dang. That's so good. What are some things that people usually forget to add into their birth plans? Yeah. So what I kind of mentioned before was about envisioning what you're wearing um, and thinking about, you know, do I want to be in a maxi skirt or do I want to be in, you know, just a sports bra and underwear or do I want to be in the hospital gown or there are, you know, birth gowns that you can purchase that are really soft and really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also something that people forget when they're making their birth map is looking up their hospital bill of rights. And so this mm-hmm. would not need to be included in your plan or in your map necessarily, but it might help you as you're making it. So realizing when you go through, um, and I have a whole highlight on Instagram about patients' rights, um, but that you are allowed to do whatever you want. <laughs> a hospital is not the boss of you. They work for you. So you can deny anything and you deserve to be given. Actually, it's not, it is policy that you are given informed consent, which unfortunately doesn't always happen. And what that means is that you are um, told what's happening to you at all times. So it could be a nice little blurb in your birth map. Like I love being told exactly what's happening at all times you know, just to encourage your doctors like, oh, she wants to know everything. Cause some people walk in and they're like, oh, you know, whatever you think. And that's, yeah. and that's fine. Um, but it's, it's not what I love because usually those women walk away feeling like they were not empowered. Um, but something that, um, other things that you might not know about that you could add on your birth map are, um, a TENS machine. So a TENS machine is, um, a little thing. You can look it up at has little pads with little electrodes and they go on your back and it can help with pain management. And you can bring this yourself to the hospital. Yeah. And some doulas rent out their TENS machines to their clients, or they just have a little deposit um, so they can get new pads in between clients, but you can put it on your back and it's controlled by the mom. It's not controlled by anybody else. And it'll send you little zaps, I like to call them, but it can distract your brain from the pain. And it's really interesting and it makes your muscles like twitch and I'm probably not. So I'm imagining like what I had when I like after my knee surgeries of like you stick it on the muscle and yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of like electrocutes you in a way to help fire those muscles again. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And people use it on their back during labor and it can help with back labor a lot. Okay. So a lot of people just don't even know that's an option and then they hear it and they're like, that's really cool. I want to try that during birth. Um, and you have that's that going exactly what throughout, not like only when you're experiencing a contraction. You can have it whenever you want. So some people okay. use it um, before birth when they're, you know, mentally preparing and doing their visualizations. And then they use it as like a way to almost condition their body to associate, you know, to focus on that instead mm. of contraction pain. Um, or you can just use it in the height of labor. I mean, it's really up to you. There's never like an unsafe time to use it. It's safe. And it's, um, again, controlled by you on this little remote thing. Um, okay. So it's a low risk intervention that you could, um, add. Um, another thing that people forget about, and I did go through it a little bit, but is the, the room, 
So people don't realize that you can have, you know, oh, is the clock really bothering you? Because you're like the type of person in labor. Oh my gosh, it's been four hours and I don't know how much longer I can do this. Well, we're just going to cover the clock, you know? So bringing a cutout of a, you know, a black piece of paper to cover the clock on the wall or bringing a sound machine from home. So thinking of all those little things that, you know, you might not realize you can even do. People don't even realize yeah. I could bring a picture frame of my puppy to focus on during contractions. I don't even know I could do that. Or I can bring these little candles. I don't even know I could do that. I can bring fairy lights. What? You know? Um, and so those are my favorite things to think about with people. Like, how do you visualize your birth, you know, yeah. in your dream world? Are you feeling overwhelmed with all of the things that you need for your baby? There's this product and this product, and don't forget that you'll need this too. Well, here's the thing. Finding products that have multiple uses is key. That's why I love Snuggle Shield. It's one item that fills the role of like eight must-have items. It's the only multi-use air filtering cover on the market. When I say multi-use, this is what I mean. It's a nursing cover, a car seat cover, a high chair cover, and more. What doesn't this thing do? You can take off all of those individual items from your baby registry and replace it with just one snuggle shield. Their patent pending design has taken off and is being sold in Nordstrom, Target, Macy's, Bye Bye Baby, and more. The cover is made from the highest quality of certified bamboo, making it soft, breathable, and it has UV protection. With their filters being four layers of level three surgical mask material tested for breathability and bacterial filtration efficiency, it protects your baby from germs, from viruses, bacteria, smoke, pollution, pollen, pet dander, and fumes. The Snuggle Shield is a must-have for travel, medical appointments, and leaving the hospital. Designed by a mom nurse, and lactation consultant for her own babies to empower parents to travel safely with their babies. Head to snuggleshield.com to check them out and head to one of those stores I listed above to make sure you grab one. They are game changers. It's no wonder they took off as fast as they have. Their link is in the episode show notes for your convenience. We, so I was induced and, and I was all about the atmosphere. I brought in like this yes. huge box of like all the things and, you know, we like got admitted and they started it and we were getting comfy and I was like, we well, we're fine. We don't need to like set up the room yet. And things went so fast. I didn't set up. Yes. Anything. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I had you, a vision. We didn't get to yes. vision. Yeah. But you plan for it. And that is so important because, you know, again, it would have been worse had you been like, I wish I had those things, you know? Yeah. But you I were prepared and I you were had ready. them. And they were oh, in the box and we just didn't get to it. Oh, the worst. <laughs> so do it as soon as you get to the hospital. Yes. Set it all up. And that <laughs> is what your doula can do, you know, and that is their job. They get there and they set yeah. that all up for you because they know ahead of time what you wanted because you've gone over it with them. So, so they true. just get there and they set it up. So, so true. Um. So a question regarding, yeah, birth plans and maps is like, from a nurse and provider standpoint, mm -hmm. do they even respect it? Like, is it worth it? It is. Okay. So two separate things. It is so worth it. It's so worth it for you specifically as the mom, because you are going to know exactly what's happening at all. Phases. You're so much more informed. You're so much more informed. You're so yeah. much more prepared. You're so much more ready so that you can advocate for yourself. And also your husband, your doula, your mom, whoever else is there with you should also be super aware of the birth plan. Because if something is going not according to plan in the sense of your provider is not following your wishes, yeah. they can speak up with pre-made advocacy phrases that you've practiced. You know, they can say things like, hey, you know, that that's actually not what she prefers on her birth plan. This is what she prefers instead. Or you know, if they're trying to push something that you might not feel is medically necessary, but you are in the height of labor and you can't speak for yourself, mm -hmm. that's when your husband can jump in and say, you know, is she doing okay? Is she healthy? Is the baby okay? Okay, great. Then we're not going to go with that, you know, because then you know up front what your rights are. So is it worth it? A thousand percent because you are becoming informed and you're going through 
all of the pros and cons and talking about everything. And whoever is going to be there with you should also know all the things. Um, Do doctors and nurses read it? Do they follow it? Good ones? Yes. Good ones should. And good providers should be asking if you have a birth plan at your prenatal appointments. They should be asking that by the time you're 36 weeks because they should technically have this on file before you even go into the hospital. Mm. So now we we're going to bring our physical copies because you never know who's going to be there and you never know if information got lost, but a good provider should know your birth preferences ahead of time. And it should not be a shock. Okay. That's you awesome. know, it, it shouldn't be a shock that you want to go natural. They, that should yeah. not be the first time that your provider is hearing that, or it should not be a shock, you know, whatever your choices are in labor, it shouldn't be the first time your doctor is hearing that. Um, Nurses, same thing, you know, and that's another great husband job is if it seems like they're not listening to anything that's on there, say, Hey, I have an extra copy of the birth map right here. Would you like to go over it? (laughs) Um, You know, just a gentle way of saying, seems like you're not doing what she wants. And we'd prefer (laughs) that you go over it again. Um, So good providers. Yes, they are listening to it. If they don't, you're prepared as the mom and as the husband and as the doula to gently step in and remind them, here are the preferences and here's yeah. where you can see them. Do you have any questions for us about them? Um, yeah. And if they have questions, they should go through it. But again, they should have done that ahead of time. Okay. Now I know that yours specifically is two pages long. And we talked at the beginning about like, you know, mm-hmm. don't make it paragraph. Don't make it super long. They're not going to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard even that it needs to be one page. I think yeah. yours can get away, get away with two because it is that organized and like mm-hmm. concise and it looks amazing. Um, yes. But what is your recommendation, I guess, for those who don't have your template, who aren't your patients? Mm-hmm. I'd say number one, you need to have things by category. So they should be able to easily look at your birth plan and see what they want to see. So you shouldn't be picking it up and having to like go through all these bullet points. Like what does she want in regards to Mm. cesarean? Oh, okay. It's way down here. Um, They should be able to pick it up and it has a heading cesarean preferences. And there it is. Um, The only reason mine is two pages is because I use a really big font so that it's really easy to see. (laughs) It's up there on your wall and there's no reason why they can't just see it really quickly. When you've got 12 point font and it's all just bullet points going down a page and it's all the way across, Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming and they they can't do it, you know, but if you've got it separated by headings, that's what I would do. A hundred percent by headings. The only reason, again, that I have it two pages, the the front is the only thing they need. You know, the second is the map portion when things don't go as planned. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, these are my what ifs, basically. You know, this is the intervention preferences. These are my cesarean preferences. These are my epidural preferences. I put that on the second page for my moms who want to go natural. You know, if yeah. people if I know that they for sure want one, we're just going to go ahead and put that on the first page, you know? So the only thing that they should really need is the first page. But again, the headings, oh my goodness, the headings, because they should not have to search through if for whatever reason, you know, there was a complication and you had a cesarean and then you're not able to be with your baby right away. They should not have to read an essay to find out, did she want a hep B vaccine? Did she want IO ointment? Did she want vitamin K? It should be right there. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that way they just so know good. your wishes. That is so, so good. Now, actually this is already like my last question. Um, how many should we bring and where do we put them? Good. Okay. So backtracking a little bit, you want to bring these to your 36 week appointment. You want to go through it all with your provider ahead of time. That Mm -hmm. way, if they have questions or they have concerns for whatever reason, you can talk those through ahead of time. And then if they have no concerns, you're going to give them a a copy and say, Hey, I've got this added to my chart. Okay. So you're going to trust that they added it to your chart, but you're going to bring three with you to the hospital one to be put up on the wall and then another one to hand to the people at triage and then another one to hand to a doctor or a nurse. You should not need all three, but I bring three just in case. Um, If people are like, okay, you're saying it has to be really short, but I have all these preferences. 
I give people a little suggestion, make another copy that is specifically a husband slash doula copy. And what I, what I mean by that is that's where you put all the extra stuff. That's where you put like the things that the nurses don't need to know. Like they don't need to know that you want fairy lights up in your room because they're not going to do anything with that. They don't need to know that you love this certain type of counter pressure. They don't, they don't need to know that, you know, they don't need to know that this certain song brings you a lot of peace or this certain image, you know, so that's where you can list out like, this is my extended birth plan for my husband and my doula or my mother-in-law or my mom or whoever's going to be in there with you. This is like my extended, you know, or I really want popsicles (laughs) or I really want to have applesauce or, you know, those are things that your doctor doesn't need to know you know, or I really want you to bring my water bottle over to me every time I have a contraction and offer me water, or I want you to remind me to go to the bathroom every 30 minutes. All of those tiny things can go on that really detailed plan. But for your short and sweet one, you bring three copies. That is a great, great tip. I (laughs) love that tip. That is so good. And I thought of another, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About the bringing, um, the birth plan, like to your appointments, mm-hmm. especially in my instance where I was, I don't, I didn't even meet with my, my provider that mm-hmm. often I was meeting yeah. with everyone. Cause you never knew who was yep. going to be on call. And so I think that is so important to continue to have those conversations yes. every appointment, every because time. always a new, always a new face to talk about. Or even with your original provider and you can just keep referencing. So that way she knows like, oh, this lady is not kidding. She's not joking. Like this is serious and this is important. That way on the day of delivery, they will take you seriously. And hopefully you're not in a situation where they don't take you seriously. But I think the persistence of it shows them Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's not messing around. Yes. No. And I love your suggestion of bringing it to every single appointment because when you're at, you know, an OB provider or a midwife's office that maybe has eight, nine, Mm -hmm. 10 OBs and midwives, you have no idea who's going to be there unless you're having a scheduled cesarean. You have no idea who's going to be there, even if you're going in for an induction because people don't realize, oh, I went in for my induction and I didn't have my baby for two days. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. then you're like, oh, so I went through like three doctors in that course of time or, you know, however it works. And so making sure that you bring it up with every single provider and even you could do it before 36 weeks if you're prepared and you have that ready, just constantly going through it. I love that. So what, how many weeks do you think is the, is the prime time to have your birth plan completed? Um, in an ideal world, I would say by 32 weeks because, um, you know, most people are not going to have their babies, especially first time moms until 38, 39, 40, 41 (laughs) weeks, um, along, but in the case that you went early, you don't want to be thrown into these decisions, you know, healthy babies born all the time at 36 weeks, you know? Obviously, we hope that you go full term, but if you have a 35-weeker or a 36-weeker, you want, you're already probably going to be a little bit nervous because it's, you know, potentially scary or potentially not what you envisioned for your day. Yeah. Um, So you don't want also all of these decisions to be on that list of anxieties that you're already having since you weren't planning on going into labor early. So I would say the earlier, the better having it finished by 32 weeks would be my suggestion. And you can tweak it the rest of the time, of course, but having it ready to go. Okay. Gosh, this is so good. So that was kind of all of my, I guess, scheduled questions. But before we wrap up, I do want to make sure like, do you have anything else to share or add about doula work or specifically about birth maps that we didn't cover that you think should have a mic moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing for me with being a doula is I just want all women, no matter how they want to birth, to feel educated and to feel prepared. Um, I think our society fears birth. Um, Our Mm -hmm. society tells women that it's going to be the most painful thing of their life and that they're going to need drugs to get through it. And that might be the case for you in the sense of you might choose that 
that you want to have an epidural, or you might choose that you want to have IV pain meds, or you might even choose an elective cesarean. And as a doula, I want you to know that I don't necessarily, this is going to sound harsh. I don't care what you choose. Here's what I mean. I don't care how you want to give birth so long as you are educated and that you've weighed the pros and cons. You could call me up and say, Hey, I've thought about it. You know, I want to go ahead and just schedule an induction, even though there's no medical reason to do that. And I'd say, cool. Have you thought about the pros and cons of doing this? Have you, you know, talked to your provider about how it's going to look? Do you want to go through what a scheduled induction might look like? And they might say, yep, I've done all that. And I'd say, great. Can't wait to be there to support you. Or you might call me up and say, you know, I've thought about it and I'm going to do a scheduled cesarean for whatever reason there was. And I would say, have you looked into the pros and cons? Have you thought about this? And then they'll say, yep. And I'll say, great. Can't wait to be there to support you. You know, it, it doesn't matter how you give birth. A doula should, a good doula should support your choices so long as that they were educated choices. And that's Mm -hmm. all I want to do as a doula. That's my favorite thing is teaching women that there are choices because in our society, people think that you just walk into a hospital and have a baby because that's what it looks like on Instagram. And this person had this baby this morning and they're smiling and they look like, you know, oh, you know, they probably just walked in and their doctor told them what to do when they had their baby and yay. But you didn't see what went on behind the scenes and you don't see the trauma that she feels like she has mm-hmm. and all of this horrible stuff that she went through. And it could have been an even better experience had she been prepared because you should not feel in the hospital like things are happening to you. You mm-hmm. should feel like you have had a say and you've been empowered throughout the whole thing. Um, it is the saddest thing to me when people say, I just, you know, I just dissociated or I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience and all these things were just happening to me and I was just a body on the bed because that should not be how birth is. It's so intimate between you and your baby and it's the coolest thing that our bodies do. And you should feel like you are having a say in every option throughout the way. Mm. This was so good. You shared so much and I just, I learned so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Lindsay. Before I let you go, how can people find you? All right. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Joe Dula Pro. That's Lindsay with an A-Y. <laughs> and you can also find me on the ProDula website with the Raleigh area. So, so awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode, mom friends. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter by either going to the show notes below, heading to learningtomom.com, or by clicking on the link in our Instagram bio, which is at learningtomom.podcast.